Hey friends, quick note before we start the episode. When we recorded this, we ran into major technical issues. So we ended up having to use the Zoom audio instead. So the sound quality is not where it normally is, but it is still perfectly understandable. So we hope that you enjoy. Thanks for listening. And now let's get into the episode. was better hello everybody and welcome to the book was better podcast i am kaylee clark i'm taylor colette and today we will be discussing jane austen's persuasion comparing it to the atrocity that netflix is trying to pass as an adaptation of this work um and we are joined by our good friends uh steph and devin from we ship it podcast we've had them on the show now is this their fourth time third time i don't know it's been a lot we like them they've come on lots of fun (laughs) they came on for um percy jackson and they came on for the great gatsby okay so this this will be number three listen we got there i'm very pregnant and it affects my brain three (laughs) or four i was close enough Um, but yes, this is our third time uh, collabing with them. We've also collabed on their podcast as well. So also you definitely... talking about persuasion. Um, yeah, we talked about the ship of Anne and Wentworth. That episode is already out. Um, we will link it in like the description box of this episode. Um, so if you want to hear us talk even more about persuasion, then if you want to hear us talk about podcast. the good. The like good, the parts. good stuff. Because we focus like, on the book more than this atrocious movie. So yeah, if you don't want to hear us, just I'm not biased it. at all. <laughs> if you couldn't tell um, our opinions already, little spoiler for the rest of the episode. Never it's gonna be a doozy. Yeah. Otherwise, only announcements before we really dive into it too much is um if you have recommendations or ideas of books slash movies that you want us to include on our next reading calendar um go over to our social media to let us know those but otherwise we are recording everything so far in advance that there's really no other announcements that um, we can do I guess other than the, the fact only- that when this episode's come out i will have had my baby <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So <laughs> this episode will come out two days after my baby's born. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, so I'll be in a hospital when this gets posted. <laughs> That's exciting. But yeah. So um, if you want to see um, updates on stuff, you can check us out at TVWD Podcast on all the things, all the things, um, all the socials. And sorry, I have a little puppy who's poking his. No, he's supposed to be sleeping. You took him on a super long walk. He is supposed to be sleeping. <laughs> You're supposed to be sleeping. Mm. Um, he does still look really tired. At least he's quiet. But yeah, he just wanted to say hi. Okay, you go back down. Go back to bed. Go go back to sleep. Um, <laughs> go back to sleep. Go sleep. Now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> Social media. Will it come back? Who knows. <laughs> um, so really quick, before we dive into it too much, I just want to introduce our guests. If you haven't listened to one of our previous episodes, where did we ship it before? Um, we ship it podcast. You can listen to it on any platform. I believe that ours is found on anyway. But the We Ship It podcast dives into your favorite and maybe not so favorite 
couples of all time. Um, think Elizabeth and Darcy, they've done that. Um, Harry and Ginny, we were on their episode with Harry and Ginny. Taylor had lost and Annabeth. That. We were also on that episode. We Those two that, episodes. That became two, two episodes. Because <laughs> we had a lot to say. Um, but they talk ships and it's not, it's, it's a little bit more broad than ours in the fact that it's not exclusive to books, right? It's TV shows, it's movies that haven't been based on books. It's books that are only books. So really broad, lots of things. You're bound to find something that you connect with and are passionate about. So they, they post, I think every Friday, we post Wednesdays. You guys don't post the same day we do. We try our best. We try. <laughs> and that's what we do. Honestly, so. <laughs> same. Life is a joy. So <laughs> we do what we can. Yeah. But, uh, but no, yeah, so. we're excited to be back. Super excited um, to be hanging out with y'all another night, another grand adventure ahead of us as we dive yeah, into persuasion. One's <laughs> this one's going to be a fun one. Yes. yes. Um, so with that, I guess let's jump into it then. <laughs> um, let's do it. So Jane Austen's persuasion was the final, it's, there's a little bit of like argument about whether persuasion or Northanger Abbey was the actual last book she finished before she passed. Right. But Persuasion was the last one that was published before she passed. Um, and so it was published in like 1817, 1818. Um, and we are comparing it to the 2022 Netflix adaptation. So let's talk about that Netflix adaptation. So let's the director... I have questions about this director. Okay, so it was directed by Carrie Cracknell. And I really, I wonder, did this director even read the book? I'm like really curious if she's familiar with Jane Austen at all, based on what I saw on the screen. Um, honestly, same with the screenplay writers. I mean, I guess they basically got <laughs> the characters right. So they had to have at least read the book. But Ron Bass and Alice Victoria Winslow I believe. Did I get that? Yeah. Who are these people? She's, she's very fancy and has three names. Those are the two people who were responsible for the screenplay. For that yeah. um, music was done by Stuart Earl. Hey, guess what, Stuart? You did You're it. Like you, did good. Good. <laughs> you did good. You did good, buddy. Stuart. You did it. <laughs> um, except for the random, like, modern birdie song at the I digress. Okay. So that wasn't him. He didn't write that song, obviously, or choose to put that no. in there. Maybe he did. If he did, then that's the first time I have a grievance with a music person on this entire show. And we are now 51 episodes in. Um, so <laughs> casting was then done by Dixie Chasse or Chassie, however that might however, be. Pronounced. However fancy you're feeling in the moment. <laughs> Honestly, Chasse. It's like Timothy Chalamet. I mean, there you go. You say it fancy, you can say it fancy. That's kind of our lineup. Obviously, a whole lot of other people go into making a movie. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm, those are normally the main ones we focus on because I feel like they have a, the largest impact on the success of the film. So, sure. Brief, just brief summary for those who haven't seen the movie in a while or haven't seen it at all and are listening to this anyway. Um, I don't blame you. I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, for the most part, the story is the same. 
So it follows our main character, Anne Elliot and Frederick Wentworth, right? Those are the, that's the main couple. They were in love. And Anne, who comes from like a, a regal family, her dad is a baron, I believe, is the title that her family holds. It's a baronessy. Um, so she's of high class, born in high class and status, and he was not. So she is persuaded to not actually marry him. Oh my gosh, the name of the book. Um, (laughs) And so then eight years go by, seven, eight, it's debated, eight, I think it's eight. Um, And he enters her life again. She still hasn't married. He still hasn't married. Mm -hmm. They've both matured and grown, except now he's this like decorated officer in the British Navy. He has money. He has title. He has all the things that her family was worried about when they were originally engaged. Except they both kind of struggle to communicate because it's been eight years, and she thinks that he's he probably hates her now. And if I were her, I'd think the same thing because she broke his heart, and <laughs> they just struggle to communicate. And then they're they're like throw in little other potential love interests for each of them that eventually lead to them confessing that they still love each other and then all's well that ends well it's a it's a period piece it's a victorian romance it's jane austen we love it Um, classic jane now how can you mess up that story you may be wondering well we're going to get into that so (laughs) join us (laughs) join us in this as this will be no surprise um i'm gonna go last (laughs) in our last episode i went first which means if it were just taylor and i she'd go first anyway and i'd go last but as always when we have guests um we will be um oh my husband just tried calling me nope it's fine he's good he he said never mind um we're good we're distracted okay sorry (laughs) um so we're gonna let our guests go first i don't know which one of you wants to go first Devin or steph i'll let steph either one of you and then taylor and then myself and then so we'll all do our number two and then we'll all do our number one grievance because there's four of us we reduced the number of grievances to just two instead of three otherwise this episode could get really really long yes Yeah, no, I, I just have to preface this with, it was a beautiful movie. It was very pretty, but I tend to be a little bit more tough on Jane Austen films because I just, I freaking love Jane Austen so much. So when they add, like, when they add director's choice type stuff, I'm like, you didn't have to because the story was so dang perfect. So, in my opinion, and my first grievance has to do with breaking the fourth wall. So, I think the reason that they did this was because, so like there were these asides, because I think Anne was the narrator here. And there were these like little asides where she would turn to us, like as if you're in the office when they're like looking out 
out of the camera at you. It was like they were trying to make her gym from the office with the looks (laughs) and stuff she was the camera. And like, she would just look at you and like give you a little aside that no one in the story could hear, but you could hear. So it was like breaking the fourth wall. And for me, like sometimes I like that in a film. But it just really took me out of the story here because when it comes to like a time piece, like a a time period piece, I don't want to be reminded that like the fourth wall, because like that's sort of a newer thing, the fourth wall breaking in movies. But not only that, like it takes you out of the moment. And for me, like, I, I guess like probably why they were doing it is because a lot of what you get in the book is Anne's pining. Like it's not a ton of action. Yep. It's a lot of Anne's like uh, regret. And... Yeah, but it I is reflection see... and stuff. Yeah, right. I but I don't see in these moments of breaking the fourth wall like regret mostly. I just think they're like little funny asides. No, it's no, snark. Yeah, and they're very uh, they're very quippy. Yeah nods or like looks about her family or about like the situation that she's in like uh what's it called very elizabeth bennett not exploitation what is it exposition that's the word i'm looking for it's like expository (laughs) (laughs) sorry i got there It, it just feels very expository where it's like we're trying to cram this whole book into less than two hours we yep. just need to like tell you what's going on catch you up to speed it's not even that long of a book like no, J.R.C. No. novels aren't these huge things and it's this like is a short hundred pages yeah <laughs> she's just and she she comes across as a little like sassy which i just think is like out of character for Anne, and like i mm-hmm. i don't know i just they really kind of threw me off like i could maybe see it working like you said maybe in pride and prejudice maybe <laughs> If but they like made the entire thing modern. Right. Yeah. Don't keep it as yep. a Regency setting time period wise. Yep. And then throw in this, oh, but there's a camera there and there's an audience. Right. Like, mm. right. No, it's out make it a modern, an actual modern day telling. Right. Like, or or so do it in such a way. I feel like they could have done it in such a way where they start the film with her like telling a story. Mm-hmm. And like establish that this is her retelling it. So those mm-hmm. little asides almost come mm-hmm. across as, oh, this is her still telling you the story. Or they like cut to her telling you the story in a right. different, like, and then cut back. But they didn't establish that this is her retelling. That's just, she's like, oh, right. by the she's way, the you're here with me in this moment of privacy where I'm well, drinking wine. Like, oh, we'll get into thoughts. the wine, dang it. <laughs> but listen, yeah. Kaylee, so you said last me. time, Kaylee, like, I forget the word for what Jane Austen does. Like, she was the first author to use, what is the phrase that it's called? It's like, she's she's speaking in third person, but it's like the person's mind. Oh, like, yeah. Um, no, limited? third person it's, limited. Um, yeah, it's, what is the word? Gosh, dang it. Um, I remember you brought it up in our podcast and I was like oh dang I haven't heard that since English class um, yeah like, I was I was prepared last time so <laughs> this movie ruined everything including 
her ability. My to brain is, stuff. I'm just mad now. Okay. <laughs> just no, mad. It's like kind of cool because like Jane Austen was the first author really to like write in this way where you're kind of questioning, like you get the thoughts of all these different characters as if it was in third person, but also in, in ter- like their internal mind. So indirect speech, free indirect, indirect speech. speech. Yeah. Free indirect speech. Free indirect. Which, yep. I think that's really cool. <laughs> And I'm like, give me a minute, I'll get there. (laughs) (laughs) And I think like that would have been like, that's maybe what they were thinking of highlighting with this. I just think it's the, Mm -hmm. it's kind of the opposite of free and direct speech because you totally know who's thinking it at the time that it's being said. And it doesn't, it doesn't leave any mystery to that. It like, I don't know. It also Mm -hmm. just breaks me out of it. So I, I, I just didn't think it was the right choice for persuasion, but that's, that's my first grievance. (laughs) And it's a good one. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's a big one because it stands I, out. It really does. Yeah, film. if this was strictly just a modern movie, I'd agree that I think that that is a cool technique to do when you have your lead, your your female protagonist, mostly doing a lot of the, the thought process and, uh, like uh, Taylor said, expository nature of this of the it story. It would have been great in Twilight. Like Twilight, <laughs> they could have done that. Would have been great. Could have seen inside of Bella's head instead of her just being a blank slate. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> those Twilight movies, man. We're doing yeah. Twilight next. Yeah, I know. I saw that, and I was oh like, yes. Oh, I have so many thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um so i'll dive right into mine i guess um i don't know which one to choose as my second because they're both just kind of grievances i don't really have a preference as to which one i favor more than the other but since we're talking about Anne, let's stick with Anne. um (laughs) i was not a fan of the portrayal of Anne's sadness or lack thereof (laughs) um I mean, there's scenes where she is, again, going with the modern nature of how they're presenting the movie, like face down in a pillow, just like laying like flat, like almost uh, what's planking, planking in the head. Planking. Like, <laughs> there's scenes where she's like crying in a bathtub and just but there's just like those are those aren't like lasting moments. They're just like quick scenes. So we don't actually get to see her. They almost feel superficial. They're right. like superficial exactly. sadness. It's it's superficial sadness and not grief, Correct. which is what it should be portrayed as, which is grief. It's, Correct. I and, just and broke it's up with my high her... school boyfriend. Correct. I'm crying. I need yeah, a tub of almost, ice cream. It's almost degrading her age because she is an older woman, right? But they're presenting her almost as like this teenager that just broke up with her like three Even months old. Eight years. Right. Yes. Three month long relationship. Right. Like but the thing is, is that grief and the thing with grief is I like there's that um, there's that image I've seen. I think a lot of people have I hope see it have seen it. So they understand what I'm trying to describe where it's like grief isn't there's a glass and then the ball gets smaller over the time. Mm-hmm. Grief is grief stays the same size, but then the glass around the grief gets bigger. Because your like ability to manage the grief improves. Right. The grief doesn't get smaller, specifically and especially when it comes to like the loss of a loved one, right? Like it does still hurt and it can still hurt mm-hmm. a decade later when you've yeah. lost somebody that you really love. Absolutely. But your ability to manage that grief grows and improves. It's been eight years. 
she's not going to be sobbing face down in her bed still about it. Or crying with a glass of wine in her bed. <laughs> she's not an alcoholic. I'm no, and so that's another thing. Like they, they portrayed her grief, <laughs> if you want to call it that way, through her drinking. Like almost every scene, she has a glass of some type of alcohol. And sometimes it's a whole bottle. drunk very often i'm like that is so not an Anne's character no, <laughs> like, this not. girl is drunk running around the house like putting jam on her face so i'm like what the heck is this i love <laughs> i love the scene where she's face. they just finished the the dinner scene and her dad and her sisters are uh, no it's her dad her sister and uh the dad's um like friends or whatever i forget what her name is but like she they're they're like kind of together in a way but they're sitting at the kitchen table and like she's she's there with like her uh like a migraine because she's was drinking yeah she has a hangover hangover. that's not (laughs) and it's too nice to to like she's too good she has she's too moral in a sense right like put together she's also very true She thinks like she's not just someone that just like, yeah, tonight's a good drinking night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Five o'clock, so, nine o'clock. I'll talk. <laughs> no, I'll talk more about that. I'm sure you will. Amongst um, a bunch of other things with my. But no. Uh, and then uh, what's um, what's their advisor? Because the mother passed away. Uh, Lady. Oh, um, Lady Russell. Lady Russell. Russell. Like she walks yeah. into her bedroom, which her bedroom is like pretty but like pretty for like uh, a teenager's bedroom like it has like nice like yeah it's artsy art on the wall but mm-hmm. it's very kid like so that's also a side grievance <laughs> but she walks into the room and she's like oh you're still like hung up about this guy right and like it just doesn't seem genuine like mm-hmm. real sadness so that's my first grievance that's fair that's yeah it like I said it did it felt very superficial and you almost were like annoyed a little bit rather than like empathetic for her right I didn't really feel anything for her sadness <laughs> I was it only felt whiny yes yeah. whiny is a good word for it where you're just like okay you rejected him like get over it <laughs> let me see that pouty face Hmm. <laughs> my five-year-old oh, handles sadness better than this grown woman um, <laughs> anyways oh, next anyways. um all right so mine is like a anti-grievance grievance <laughs> if you watch the movie and you don't pay attention to the story it's a great movie <laughs> Let me explain. Beautiful music. Like we said, good job, Stuart. Beautiful setting. Like the setting is so pretty. There's the locations that they shot at were beautiful. All just gorgeous. So pretty to watch. Like it was very reminiscent of the 2005 Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice with those sweeping, grand, just gorgeous shots. And I was like, that's great. And then you inhabit it with this terrible story. <laughs> and the beautiful setting kind of goes away. And it's the same with like even the actors. I don't personally fault the actors. I think they did a great job acting what was given to them. 
like they didn't write yeah, for the, the most script. for the most part i can agree with you on that for the most like part. yeah but they got some really big name actors you know sure. and i think that like physically i wasn't upset with any of the changes like i think the casting i wasn't mad about it's more what they then did with those characters that i have problems with so i feel like they had all the right ingredients they had the the good solid foundations and then they combined it into something that went horribly horribly Did you mention the music yeah well i i said that i liked the music yeah um, i know that was also on your list for obviously that uh <laughs> you know they they wanted I thought to it was that. weird that they ended they finished the movie not with again it, are you a modern day telling of this story yeah. or are you sticking with the regency period you finish it with this modern song sung by Birdie. No hate against Birdie. I, she's great. No, she's she's a very talented artist. Beautiful song. Beautiful voice. Right. Thought it was a weird choice to finish the movie on. <laughs> yeah. That's the one grievance I've got about the music. <laughs> yes. Other than that, beautiful music. Um, and so it was just... I was really hopeful going in. I really tried to keep an open mind as much as the trailer was a little weird and the, the breaking the fourth wall stuff. I was like, this could go either way, but I really tried to go in with an open mind. And so when it really did just take a, a turn for the worse, I was mad right. that they had almost wasted such beautiful scenes. <laughs> Because yeah. I don't ever want to watch this movie again. But I'd like, even such beautiful compare some shots. of those like scenes to ones that were from Bridgerton. Like they looked like yeah. great, mm -hmm. set, like great, great scenes, a great setting. Another Netflix original set in this other time. Right. But Bridgerton sets itself up immediately. As not authentic. Even, for, even from the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, they they kind of like from the get go have like the more modern music. I mean, it's yep. still like a string quartet rendition quartet. of a modern song, Correct. but like they kind of established across the board. This is a alternate reality. Right. Yes. Yep, you're right. And I honestly, I do love it. Like like the film itself, looking at it aesthetically. I love the colors mm -hmm. they choose, the outfits mm -hmm. that they choose. Yeah, costume. I'm fully great. sold when I'm just looking at it and I mute it. <laughs> you mute it. <laughs> <laughs> but then when you get to the point of like, like you said, I think Kaylee's got it right. It's like, just choose. Like you have an identity problem. And that yep. is, that's a much deeper issue for a film, especially such a beloved story. Right. Like you really have to be, 100% would you solid prefer on what you are being both more Kaylee and Stephanie being that you are more uh, Jane Austen fans would you prefer it to be a modern retelling I wouldn't point, mind it yes yeah <laughs> I wouldn't mind it I would not prefer it over the story itself as is right but I yeah. but if they had the, if they had to choose mush right. of a collage of different modern with what, with, with what they did yeah. yes if this script was what they wanted to stick with, then just make the whole thing happen in like 2012. Like, yeah. I, I specifically, 
2012. <laughs> and then eight years later, 2020. And then the pandemic's happening too. And then you can throw <laughs> in your you own go. twist around that. Like, <laughs> That's why they get stuck together because it's, it's quarantine. They quarantine together. They can't leave the house. Okay. Uh, it's like when they redo those Shakespeare. <laughs> it's like when they redo those Shakespeare films, in, like the modern day, like 10 Things I Hate About You. Like, they're the so man. cheesy, but I love them. I'm like, this is, mm-hmm. you can just like draw parallels, but it's not, it is modern. It is completely set in modern day. That right. I well, like. Clueless I, is like one of the most classic, like retellings of Emma. Yep. Ever. Exactly. And so it's like, you can do it very successfully. Mm-hmm. But you also look at like... what you want to do. Yep. <laughs> but then you look at like the, the 2005 Pride and Prejudice is also super beloved and like everyone loves it. But it's very period. Like that is what it is. It stays in its lane. Clueless stays in its lane. This one's driving down the middle of the road. <laughs> trying to be in both lanes and everyone's mad <laughs> yep <laughs> what happened grand so. good analogy for it actually yes. <laughs> so that's okay. uh that's my number two just it could have been so much and it it just wasn't <laughs> it just wasn't um i would say okay so my number two there were lots of things that i could focus on in things but that we, we saw quite a bit of overlap so what i'm going with is for the most part they they kept all of the essential characters in this movie the one that they got rid of that i'm mad they got rid of was mrs smith who is the widow that Anne befriends at the end mm-hmm. of or i mean towards the end in bath when she finally rejoins her family in bath because it's through Mrs. Smith that she realizes the true intentions of her of cousin, yeah. Mr. William Elliot, and also just creates another friend and another confidant for her. And that's something that I'm going to talk a whole lot more about Anne in my, as my first point. But the movie really makes it seem like her family hates her, but outside of her family, she doesn't really have many friends. Like everybody she's acquaintanced with is through her family yeah right like yeah she's friends with louisa and you know and the um and henrietta but that's because those are the sisters of her Mm brother-in-law i like that mrs smith is an example of like no Anne is likable Mm -hmm. she can make friends on her own and she's a likable person (laughs) she would have friends like she's been single for these eight years eight years she hasn't just been alone at home (laughs) drinking wine every day she would have friends yeah so yeah it's like by not showing any of that and by eliminating her literally only friend that's really like involved in the story it just makes her look sad well she's very (laughs) close with lady russell but again lady russell is her mom's like a mother figure. It's like a mother figure. Yeah. But that's a whole other thing that's like basically omitted is the fact that she does miss her mom. Mm-hmm. And they mention it like, that, like Yeah. In the very beginning, they're like, oh, yes, your mother died. 
reading over okay, like the uh, what it, what is the sister said that she gets they, like they the read through genealogy yeah, the genealogy or whatever. Family, yeah. <laughs> but it's just oh, very yeah, his like biography mm-hmm. he's very very keen on that her father but it's just interesting that it's that that's what they they chose to remove that and while i did actually that was one thing that i did like that's a, I guess an honorable mention I did really like Lady Russell in the movie she mm. was like the one redeeming thing to me right um they have that close relationship like she's got more friends than that <laughs> she's a likable person so <laughs> um, I almost feel like they made Lady Russell almost too likable though yeah probably but hold <laughs> I, on. Feel I have like a child calling book. me so I'm gonna get okay. for a second I'll talk about Lady Russell. I feel like in the book that you kind of like are resentful towards her as you should be Correct. because she ruins the relationship. Like she's the one who essentially persuaded Anne to give up on Wentworth. Yeah. And she's not and, necessarily like, she has no feelings for that. I like that. She ruined this. She's like, Oh, you'll get over she's it. She's not, <laughs> yeah. She's not like regretting it. Right. She's like, I did. I, I did you right a call. favor. Yeah, I did you a yeah. favor. <laughs> and so you were like, I appreciate that she's like this motherly figure in the book, but that Anne learns to like make her own decisions and not rely on Lady Russell. Right. Whereas I feel like in the movie they make her this really likable motherly figure, and then Anne never really like disregards what she says right instead Makes a choice lady, for russell, lady russell changes her mind and is like oh i'm sorry i made a mistake like yeah an you should have and that's great for lady russell but it's but it's different not than what happened in the book and honestly and- another character that i think is actually really good in the movie is her father. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love him. These characters that are meant to contrast like so loudly, the main character like Mrs. Bennett in Pride and Prejudice and the father in this movie, I just like, I don't know. I think they picked a really good character who's really like materialistic and funny. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the kind of humor like you can bring into a movie like this and it doesn't, take away from the message yeah because he's like removed enough from the essential story right that if you tweak him to be the comedic relief a little bit or even like mary who i feel like they really cranked yes. up the volume on her, uh, <laughs> but i i actually really but i thought it was <laughs> i like it too <laughs> yes but they're like removed enough from the essential story that if you change that i'm like oh yeah it's kind of funny it's when you change those crucial characters that you're like you can't make them the comic relief they need to be the character they need to be agreed so 100 percent. yeah Yeah. we'll see how much longer kaylee's gonna be i think she did do you think she had any more to say oh good um oh oh yes she has a hand waving a hand No, I just have other honorable mentions. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll be right back. Before we move on to our um, next grievance, hold I just on. have more. Yes, hold go on. ahead. Devin, Devin has to go. But did you have anything else to say on the on your second point? Oh, um, well, I just kind of missed the banter between them and just like the relationship, honestly. 
Okay. So, and the fact that again, it, it again reflects on, I don't know, it started a good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I miss something. Okay. No. Okay. No, you really didn't. <laughs> um, okay, so now we can jump into honorable mentions. Oh, we have those? I if mean, you if you have any. We kind of were mentioning like, some of the characters that we liked just recently. Yeah. Well, um, and I'll say an honorable mention in general for the movie is I, I like how Netflix diversifies their casts. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. In this time period, would half of the characters have been black? Probably not. But I but I, like I loved seeing that on the screen. Yeah. Bridgerton yeah. has really opened up a whole new thing mm-hmm. with that. And I that's something I really like. Um are we doing grievance too? Or did we like were we supposed to already mention it? Sorry. No, we're just doing honorable no. mentions. Okay, honorable mentions, then, mentions, and then you can dive into your then I'll either either with side that. grievances because, or things that you liked. Okay, good, good. Yeah, <laughs> I we mentioned the father. Um, I just think he was really funny, um, and I also agree. I do like the diversity that's being added to it. I think it adds a whole new layer of like things to Louisa think about. Louisa was and, great. I mm. love. Oh yeah. They were beautiful too. Like the whole cast was beautiful. Yes. A lot of beautiful people in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Something that I would say about, sorry, now I have a cat meowing at my door. No, you cannot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Something that I will say about the sisters is, well, I heard kind of how you were talking about how like the, the dad was almost overplayed a little bit, but he's there to be that contrast. along with along with her sisters um but i i don't like how it it borderlined too closely to cruel on my for my for my part yeah in the book they're indifferent towards ann's opinions they don't necessarily rude but they're not outright cruel to her yeah that's fair yeah like it's like Elizabeth's cool. a bit of a jerk sometimes. Oh, she's yeah. totally. But even the dad, and where it's like, just the whole beginning. Like honestly, it was from we the couldn't very think beginning of, anything of this else movie. To put about you, but you're here's so the boring. thing: in the book, yeah. there's not more descriptions about the other sisters either. The book is literally facts about the family. It's when they were born. The details that the dad adds in are oh, this daughter of mine got married on this date mm-hmm. to this person and then had these children. It's not like he added in all these like adjectives and descriptors, but then didn't for one of his three daughters, right? Like that doesn't happen in the book. <laughs> because she's the middle child. <laughs> yeah, on oh, the middle. I was just like, that is not a notion from that time period. That's such, again, pick what you want to focus on. Are you Regency Kaylee or are you a- not? <laughs> Kaylee's especially sensitive to that since she is a classic middle child. <laughs> I did not have my time. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm not even a true middle child. When you look at it, you're the true, you're actually the middle child of our time. I know. But, but with age gaps, it doesn't line up. It well. doesn't. You're more <laughs> the middle child than I am. Yeah, you're more a youngest. Yeah. Despite having two more younger siblings. <laughs> Oh, psychology. Um, 
I think another just honorable mention that I want to I don't think this will be covered by any of your other grievances hit me with it I'm like trying to run through it in my brain yeah I think just like the I specifically want to take a moment to talk about the drinking I know we kind of mentioned it already but just kind of like that element Across, Across the, the whole movie. Like, a lot of drinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't get me wrong. It's not like people didn't drink in that time period. Right. I know, but they it did. To be but that, it was like, more, more men than women. Yeah. Be- especially of high society. Again, mm-hmm. when you're looking at the class that they're in and the kinds of events and socialization gatherings that they're yep. that they're a part of it would they drink wine yeah would the men also drink port and beer and like other alcoholic beverages yes they were not drinking to get drunk <laughs> usually yes. and I, not if not I if think, women were present not if women were present well and I the think men that's themselves that was a whole nother story <laughs> I think that's another point going off of that and maybe on top of the drinking now that I think about it. It's just like the that whole class. I feel like there's not a lot of class in the movie. When these are supposed to be very like well-to-do <laughs> people, some of their actions and the stuff that they do and the way that they talk and act, I'm like, this is not your station. You're not like you are not acting your station. And like when certain things happen and I'm like yeah that's kind of funny but that would never happen mm-hmm. and like and it's like when it comes to like the drinking specifically too like you look back and you see like Miss Bennett Mrs. Bennett getting like drunk at parties or whatever but that was like they also looked at that as not her station and like Mr. Darcy like brings that yeah. up when she's doing that but in this case it's like a pr- it's like a rampant problem Everyone, throughout yeah. and like Anne's like drinking by herself in her house and I feel like that's a very like 20 how would you dance to Beethoven to by myself not- in, a ro- in my room with a bottle of red exactly. no that is not no but it's um, like this idea that Jane Austen one of her big things in writing besides romance was the making the class levels known and like talking about the classist societies mm. and that was a really big like yeah her texts are, are very made. historical in that sense and then they just kind of said well we don't care no nope. <laughs> we don't care about any of it <laughs> yeah and just the storyline in general they kind of just erased the importance of the classes it was more emphasized money than class it's like mm. it's not just and that money plays poor. a role yeah but, but it's not just about being poor it's also about like your station and the titles and they went yep. about it a really weird way in the movie yeah and i agree there's also so moving away from this i guess <laughs> moving away no, from good. this um there's also that scene where she was telling about her dream with the octopus oh, yeah. and how she was an octopus and how she was sucking her own face or something like that like sucking sucking her face so weird why <laughs> not necessary i forgot about that. not again <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna talk about it so 
<laughs> and then the the old oh was that part lady. of your was that part of your thing no, it's just, just it goes into Anna. part of my okay. examples of Anne and what Fair they enough. do to her so but okay. I do love how then that like supposedly royal lady is like I've had that dream also, too they're <laughs> supposed to be they're not they're they're supposed to be Irish and they're not Mm. no in the movie that whole scene was just a difficult trip. to watch and endure <laughs> it, was, it was a trip yeah oh, and like you so like sad. you were saying earlier i think they make elliot uh is it william william elliot out to mm-hmm. be too william, good yeah. of a guy in some of those scenes because he like adds into well, the conversation to make it less awkward for oh that's sorry my point no, that is oh, not yeah, Taylor. Sorry. Mm, okay. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. We were, so let's we just like, go in. So then let's that, just go in. Right right right. says that. We'll talk right. about it. Sorry, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. There's a Anyways. lot of between everything. <laughs> <laughs> they all connect. <laughs> um. So uh, actually, I think Stephanie started. So go ahead. Yeah. Steph, so Stephanie, yeah. what's, what's your what's your remaining grievance? We've talked about this over and over and over again. What's the modernity of it? It's like. It's just not for me. I'm an Austin lover and I just think they don't they don't give themselves to the modern side of what they're trying to do enough. And I have like examples here that just like really threw me out of the Jane Austen film. Um, and like I do I do think this came from you know, we saw Bridgerton come onto the scene and they really tastefully did the modern Regency era mix but they did it in a way that did not take you out of the film like the songs yes you would recognize the tune but it's in the strings like it, mm-hmm. it they did it well um, they and then didn't you see, add like, modern day slang right right well like, like she she constantly called Wentworth like her ex I'm like I hated excuse that. me no 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 please don't do that <laughs> no that no no so weird. Mm-hmm. yeah and so there was that, and then they said now we're like, worse than exes. We're we're friends. friends. <laughs> I'm like, what is this an Instagram like story? What the hell? Way to take like, like the beautiful language from the book and just totally bastardize it. Yeah, like, I just... and then mm-hmm. she's like saying like, oh, a five in London is a ten in Bath, like things like this. I never like, trust a ten. You'll be a thirteen. I'm like, this is not a thing that existed. Like, right. <laughs> Right. It just like, it just wasn't, it wasn't for me. And like, I don't know, it, it especially made Anne, like we said before, just seem sassy and seem like, an, like a, like she was on social media rather than she was like home, like grappling with her grief. It's like, stop it. I don't like that. And I don't know. I, and you know, you see some really well done aesthetic beautiful pieces come out in the 2020 era like with I don't know if you guys have seen Emma the new Emma Mm -hmm. remake um I really liked it I know some people did not but like you have a chance to really remake this film and make it beautiful like the 2005 Pride and Prejudice like the 2021 Emma but you don't have to change the actual content to become this like modern weird hybrid and so I just think they get it wrong. We've talked about it enough, like I think throughout mm-hmm. this episode, but that was like my main grievance was, wow, you had such a great cast. Like Taylor was saying, wow, you had such great scenery. You just missed the mark for me. Yeah. 
I feel so, like it's you, also you don't make you didn't make people playlists. Yep. At that time, <laughs> that did not happen. Sharing sharing sheet music with a person is not considered sharing a playlist with them. They did not have their own version of a mixed tape that you gave your boyfriend. Like that's not <laughs> the ancient, ye old mixtape. <laughs> And I feel like part of the reason that it was so jarring as well to hear those phrases is because then they would also pull straight lines from the from book. From the text, yeah. And so it'd be this beautiful written like word and it would be like so good. And then the next line, they're like, I don't trust a 10. And you're like, what? 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 And it's what? so <laughs> obvious when they took language directly from Austin. Because it, it stands is out. so much more elevated, so much, mm-hmm. it's poetic, like, contrasting that to the language and the, the writing that right. the writers did, it's awful. It's like, <laughs> it's so it's like a high schooler, it's mm-hmm. like a high schooler writing a paper and copying and pasting right. parts <laughs> of the text. Right. And <laughs> you can clearly see what they wrote and what they copied. <laughs> Well, not only teacher, is it modern yes. language, <laughs> but not only is it modern language, it makes her seem like she's Gen Z when clearly in yes. this film, she's like, she's like, Millennial. she's like the Gen X generation right now. Like she's like older and she's like more mature and going through this grief in a different phase of her life. And this makes her seem like a petty high schooler, and I don't like it. So, um, yeah, I concur. Mm-hmm. all right so i'll dive into mine as well um we haven't talked a lot about wentworth um but i guess i'll talk a little bit about that now um oh, i think i'm gonna disagree with you Devin. i think you will too oh. but i just felt like there was a lack of chemistry between these two oh, um yeah. At the end of the movie, and because Stephanie was like, "Well, what'd you think?" and I was like, "Because we watched this together. This was when I visited her. We did we did a oh, okay. like an Instagram story like as we were watching it, and oh, right, she asked right, she asked me yes. like, what what I think?'" I was like, "Well, I wish there was more. Like, <laughs> I felt like I wanted more from it. Like, it was just oh, definitely. I I asked, yeah. I, I I said like, that's it. Like, that's that's the story. She's like, yeah, that's the story. I'm like." that's it They're like come on <laughs> i wanted there to just be more intimacy between the two to really showcase the um the longing that they both desire and they i think they had a scene where it was so close to that and that was when they are on the beach and he walks down to her and i think that's mm. the scene where i want i like it's almost there like it's so close but i it's want so close more. but still not quite there Correct. because it's still more awkward than yes, longing i agree it, mm-hmm. it, it came off as more awkward and then then she had that i forget what the line was after but it kind of broke the whole emotion of it all and i was oh, like the line that's where she says now we're worse than exes. Oh yes, we're, we're friends. friends. That's yes, where and I she was like, that stupid line. <laughs> you almost had like good, strong feelings for each other. It started so strong that scene did. Yes, that that was the yeah. that was one, and and I think they have other. That was one good, of the copy and paste scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have other good moments, but I just wish there was more interaction between them that really sparked. Like, yes, yes. this has been a relationship that they've been apart for so long and it's but the still, love is still there correct 
you almost, or at least for me, I wasn't really rooting too hard for Wentworth in this movie. I was kind of like, Steph over here is struggling to contain herself. I know no, that they're going to end I can up agree together. With, I think I can agree with Steph in the sense that I was rooting for Wentworth because compared to all of the other men in this movie, Wentworth was a, the most class act. Mm, he was. Yeah. I was rooting for Wentworth. I was not rooting for Anne. That's where I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where it was hard. That's where it was hard. Fair. Fair. Like I, Wentworth is my perfect, grumbly, dark, like, oh, I just love him. He's like my little Darcy guy. I just really liked <laughs> the actor that they picked. He was very I think good. the actor was great. And, and I he, didn't like him. I she just was felt just like musical they... and like silly, but not in like a sunshine and gloom way. It was more like in a... I don't want to say stupid because she's not stupid, but more just like a sassy, like just not serious. And then like he was very serious. Whimsical. Yeah. Whimsical. I don't know who to fault. It. I don't know who to fault, but the chemistry was not there. Was not there. Right. And, and I, I don't did know not if they get just longing didn't... and I did not get pining. Yeah. I got awkwardness. They didn't give him the chance. The end scene where she runs after him, I I, I get more emotion. But again, I want like I, I finished the movie. I was like, okay, was but like minutes. I want more. <laughs> like two minutes is not Ooh, enough. But it was like that end yeah. scene. I was like, where it almost doesn't make it as much sense because there was no foundation set up Correct. in the movie no. for it. The book sets up a lot of foundation through all of this, just like slow, like ultimate slow burn. If you're really a slow is. burn fan, book this is ultimate is slow you. burn. The movie does not have that present. <laughs> they also cut his letter down quite a bit in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like they only read like a little bit. And I feel like- and I wanted him to, I wanted cut- it to be in his voice, not stupid Anne's. I'm sorry. The way she reads it, like, ruined it. And I feel like they cut out some of the really good stuff. And, like, he's not supposed to mention Mr. Elliot, like, William, at all in the letter. Like, that's not part of it. Like, by that point, that's done. Like, and so the fact that they brought that up again in the movie, like, that's part of his decision-making. Like, no. And he, like, kind of takes on some of the blame. He's like, I've been resentful. I've been unjust. And you really just, like, feel for him in that moment and his letter in the movie i was like hi <laughs> i feel that i do feel like we're let down a little bit with the romance like pride and prejudice just gives you and such good scenes even just the freaking hand flex yes there was none of that <laughs> none of the it subtle and love. that's what makes oh. you root for a jane austen couple is this like slow burn like what does he think? Unspoken what does she think? Oh my god! Chemistry. Yes. This back and I was and just forth. like Wentworth. Like you can come over here and <laughs> leave her. She's, I don't know. Yep. Yep. Well, yep. the annoying thing. I'll I'll get into it. Never mind. I'm trying to jump into my number one too early. Taylor, you go first. Well, mine. I mean, do you have anything done, else to add? Done, are you done? No, Devin, no, no. Yeah. I'm good. That was it. Okay. Perfect. And that kind of flows into mine off of Mr. Wentworth, I'm going to talk about Mr. Elliot, who they really, they really change. And I'm trying to separate my own personal feelings from just the cold, hard facts here. So 
I'll, I'll talk about the cold hard facts and then I'll talk about my own personal feeling. The, the fact of the matter is they took a villain and turned him more into like this second love interest, kind of skeezy comic relief kind of character. Like they, mm-hmm. they essentially like lessened how much of a douche she is. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching it with Steph and being like, wait, I like this guy, but I'm not supposed to. Like, I know there's a reason why I'm not supposed to like this guy. I just don't know why yet. And then you don't really figure out until the end where he's like talking to another girl while Anne's like walking down the alley. Oh, he's not just talking. He's not just talking. Oh, he's smooching with her. I know, but. (laughs) But that's just it. They resolve his thing like that. They're like, oh, right. They don't really. It was lazy. The way they did it in the movie was so lazy. It was ridiculous. (laughs) it's like they forgot and they were like oh she kind of has this thing with mr elliot maybe we should resolve that oh we'll just have him making out on the side of the road and she can be like okay i'm done with you because they almost make it seem like he has a chance with Anne. when in the book he didn't have a chance in the world (laughs) like Anne rejected him from the get-go Anne was like i am wentworth or die like <laughs> well just because she questions his true motives from the beginning in the book right yeah and then and they in the movie kind of, they, they kind of showed that, that he just says his intentions instead and i'm like yeah what? he's yeah, very I actually, straightforward yes which i was like I, I, I i'm actually that. here to make sure that those two don't have a baby good okay cool cool we're on the same page great <laughs> and she like <laughs> admires him for his candor and i'm like that's yeah not what and she (laughs) she at one point says like there's something there and when um mrs the who's with lady russell lady russell she doesn't Mm -hmm. deny that there's like a chance which she like definitely does in the book she's like they're never in a million years and so it it does it it makes them this legitimate second male lead and you're like, that's not who this character's supposed to be. He's supposed to be this bad guy who's here because he needs to marry, he either needs to marry a daughter or he like needs to stop like her dad from having a son. Like he's like here with very specific intentions and he's not gonna let anyone get in his way. And he's conniving and manipulative and like a bad, genuinely a bad guy. And they took that and made this kind of suave sly very Very attractive attractive. man (laughs) who like kind of is there just you know i have a purpose but also Anne's real cute so maybe i'll hit on her too but i'm kind of flippant about it and they just ruined it they ruined his character which is a bummer because i love this actor He's so good. He's so hot. And very hot. So it agreed. It was hard because I did. I just wanted Isn't to like he almost in, root for him. He's in Crazy Rich Asians. Crazy Rich Asians. Job. My favorite movie. Such a good. Uh, it's so. It's good. a great movie. Um, it's so good, and he's great. So I already have this kind of like love for that actor, and that really, this is where my personal feelings. You can't get hate away. him then, because yeah, I couldn't. I was like, I like him too much. (laughs) And when they didn't make him as evil as he was in the book, when he was straight up about his intentions, when he seemed kind of genuine in his pursuit of Anne, I was like, 
you know, I don't dislike him. <laughs> not a bad second choice. No, I was like, he's not bad. And then again, they almost did his character do a disservice by at the last minute being like, oh yeah, and then he's making out with this chick and then marries her, which he doesn't do in the book. She's no, a mistress. Does. No, well, she's I guess a, it's mistress. More of a mistress situation. Yeah, that's true. They're not happy. Well, but but, the, but they do end up, give them happy. They do end up like they're together, quote unquote. Together. They run off. Yeah. But it's not supposed to be this happy ending for them, like the movie shows, where it's this happy wedding and everyone's there and it's great and la di da. Like, no. Just no. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's that's my big grievance. And I, it was especially like strong because of the actor. <laughs> Good old Henry Golding. He's great. All right. All right. I now the one we she's like getting over. ready to do it. <laughs> I've already ranted a lot, but like, and this is another thing that's been brought up repeatedly. But like, my whole number one grievance is just Anne. Yep. And we've already mentioned things, but there's still just a lot to dive into. So we've mentioned how the movie basically turns her into an alcoholic, which is not a thing. Um, We've talked about how it removes her maturity. Right. And I just want to dive into that basically a lot more. So Mm -hmm. Anne is described as being, and, and it's mentioned in the movie by Wentworth once but he um he like disclaims that it's during an emergency you're very level-headed but the fact of the matter is it's not just during an emergency it's all the time Anne is uh is not full of drama like she's not this high like especially compared to her sisters again the sisters are supposed to be there to be an additional contrast to her character. Mm -hmm. But the contrast doesn't even really work that well for me because they don't keep Anne's character the way she's supposed to be. Anne is, she's still very feminine, but she isn't catty. She's not this, you know, she doesn't go into hysterics when things don't go her way or when there's drama. She doesn't but yell she out does the in this movie. She doesn't yell. She doesn't burst into tears. She doesn't drink herself a on her into. Face. A, a, it's so bad. What they did to her character <laughs> is so bad. And I've seen a lot of people say like they tried to make Anne into an Elizabeth or into an Emma. And while I I I would even, I've even said that before, but I still don't even think that's perfectly accurate because. I still think that at least Elizabeth wouldn't do a lot of those things. Emma would in some instances, Emma, part of the whole story of Emma is she is kind of immature and does have to get over that immaturity and grow into her own person. Elizabeth is very witty and clever and snarky. That snarkiness, I think, is where people are like, oh, she's more like an Elizabeth Bennet. Right. But Elizabeth is even more level-headed than Anne acts a lot of the time in this movie. Like, she's yeah. she's not an Austin heroine. 
she's not. They completely destroyed her. They destroyed her. And I was so mad at the very beginning. It was so hard for me to watch this movie, guys. I had to pause it and walk away. Like, I literally had to stop. Like, it's a movie. I I think the movie's only an hour and 40 minutes long. And it took me close to three hours to watch the whole thing. Because I had to keep stopping it and do other things. Because I was so mad and frustrated. And it is one of Jane Austen's most underrated books. And under, like, appreciated heroines. Because... She isn't that standout heroine like mm-hmm. Elizabeth or Emma, who I think are the more well-known Jane Austen characters. Because they were more modern. And or, they're or the ones that have modern. more adaptations, right? Like Pride and yeah. Prejudice has so many. I think Emma has so quite many. a few as well. Like all of Jane Austen's books, I think, have been adapted into a film adaptation of some kind at least once. But Pride right. and Prejudice and Emma definitely take the lead. Yeah. And I feel like Persuasion has not been done as often because Anne is more soft-spoken, which isn't as exciting, yeah. which <laughs> I think is hilarious because even in the movie, Lady Russell says to Anne in a scene, like, well, does every person have to be super interesting? To which Anne responds with no, but that doesn't mean I should have to sit in a room with them. And I'm like, that's not who you are. Like, it's, not, <laughs> it's true. Like, and like Anne undermines the story's message. Like Anne know. is supposed to be like, or in, in my opinion, she's one of the main Jane Austen characters you really need to get right because mm-hmm. like Elizabeth, you can add a little bit of flair and it's not gonna change who she is a little bit or too much because she she has that wildfire in her and this is a more mature austin character like it's really Mm -hmm. important that she's set apart from the other austin heroines because she is she was written while jane austen was older like she's much more mature she's been through her life of grief we're not supposed to get this very like sassy funny quirky Anne, and it's not just like the things she's thinking that are different it's the the way she's acting like it would be something different if she was like thinking these sassy thoughts but not acting on them but she just like blurts some of the stuff out and I'm like that's well and the thing is is that even in the book she doesn't think those thoughts and just keep them to herself she doesn't even have those thoughts because she's kind Right. Like there's the difference between being nice and being kind because a nice person may still think those negative things and just not say it. And just not say it. Whereas like I feel like a truly genuine kind person, they don't think those negative things and negative thoughts about people as often. Like she genuinely gives people the benefit of the doubt. She's level headed. She understands the the different circumstances that goes into her weakness is that she was able to be persuaded at one point to not follow her heart. That is what her flaw is. That's like the one flaw that Anne might have is her ability to be persuaded by others. That is her flaw. Otherwise, she isn't a problematic character like at all. (laughs) And this movie, Anne, is super problematic in a lot of ways. I wonder if that has to do with the chemistry problem a little bit, because you almost wonder while you're watching this, why does Wentworth like her? Even like her? her? 
Right. <laughs> and in the book, it's like so clear. It's because she's kind and because she thinks things through and she's methodical and all these and different she's things. smart. Right. And in the movie, it's like, first, we don't really get the chemistry moments. So the passion's mm-hmm. not there. Second, what are the characteristics that he sees in her? And it's like... She's almost eh? arrogant, which is so not Anne. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, she, I will the say, passion and, is still there. She's still very passionate about Wentworth, but like it's very balanced with her other characteristics because she has that self control. Mm-hmm. But you still get the longing and the pining because the passion is present, but she has self control that may, which basically drives the whole story along, which what makes it take so long is because she's got that self control. Like, yeah, and I, I mentioned this in, I think, the episode that we did uh, on We Ship It with the Wentworth and uh, relationship. Um, the fact that because she is such a different, like, female protagonist from what we see in most media, um, she, I feel like, is almost more important because of that. Because I think it's important for like the sake of representation and just like the sake of showing diversity to show a different kind of woman as a protagonist still succeeding and still getting love and still being valued and appreciated. And we don't need her to be an Elizabeth Bennett because we already have an Elizabeth Bennett who is that model of being, you know, brave and sticking to your guns and being a little bit outspoken and, I mean, I love Elizabeth. She's great. I don't relate to her super much. I'm definitely not an Elizabeth. Right. But I love her. She's great. But when I read Anne, I relate to her more. I'm like, when I'm in most settings, I'm a lot quieter, more reserved. You know, I like, she's more of an introvert, really. Like, Anne is an Mm -hmm. introvert. And it's nice to see that represented because I feel like a lot of female protagonists are not that way and they're all very bold and outspoken and it's nice to see someone more relatable but still being the main character and so I think it's sad that this film uh like Netflix decided that the only way they could make her appealing to a mass audience would be to make her this brass uh like sassy and it didn't work woman because everyone hated it yeah. And it's it's kind of just sad to see like that's what they thought they needed to portray in a woman to like be popular. And I just don't think that sends a good message. And so yeah, it was just it was just bad. Preach, preach, yeah. preach, preach, preach. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. It was a disservice to the book. It was a disservice and to, to women. the characters. <laughs> and it was a disservice to women because you can you can still be considered a strong woman and like a confident woman and like a self-assured woman without being outspoken. And mm-hmm. you don't like, everybody has different strengths and weaknesses and are different is what it is. Yes. Um, yeah. And it made me really mad. It, sounds, it made me really mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad that if I you had couldn't to tell to talk about it because then I was like, great. And then this is giving Netflix another view. Like, I don't want yeah. them 
to get good numbers on can this I take stupid movie. <laughs> can I, can Control I Z, Control Z. <laughs> Should have found some bootlegged version so they didn't get the, the numbers, but no. Um, I mean, there's so much more I could say because honestly, it's just like this when it comes to examples, like from the Well, week. this is one of those rare but it was just times. Bad. I feel like in a lot of our episodes, we say, if you haven't seen the film, I would definitely say go watch it. No, you don't need to. <laughs> you don't, you don't need, need to watch this one. <laughs> I wish I had, I, I don't want, I will never watch this movie again. It made me mad more than anything else. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just read the book. I'll definitely, or listen I'll definitely to the finish my rewatch because I started, like I said, I started it last night, but I, I, I put it on like 1.5 speed so that way I could like <laughs> get through it faster. So I'll definitely finish, I'll definitely finish the, the rewatch, but uh, I won't be, I, I probably won't be coming back to it. <laughs> no, no. If I need a dose of Austin, this will not be where I will turn. Never. Uh, I think it's still Pride and Prejudice for me, man. The Kira Knightley 2005, version. Kira Knightley yep. every time. Every time. <laughs> um, it's like what we posted to our story. Mentally, I am here. <laughs> yep. Um, do we have... Pride and Prejudice. I don't think we had any faux pas that I we have we have I know we got at least I know we got one, but the problem is is there's multiple places that they can send them. So I'm always like, don't want to miss one. Did we get one on Facebook? I remember getting seeing a comment notification on Facebook. But (laughs) do 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 do. Yeah, I've got a bunch of notifications. Are any of these comments? Are they just yeah, we're with you on your thoughts? So that's oftentimes what they end up being yep okay so i'll just read the one we've got then this is from sam um this is on instagram but open please <laughs> so sam Barry, she said for me the whole tone of the movie was super off they tried to make a sad book about longing into a snarky comedy and i think that that's a really good yep. way to put it to sum everything that we just set up yes i was like way to really like summarize it into just like one sentence to tie it in a pretty bow that's a good good way to summarize basically um yeah the tone was off they missed the mark as steph has said as well they just right and again i just have so many questions for the director i just what was she doing? Why did she want to take it in this direction? Why did she think that was a good idea? And the thing is, is I click and to see what else she's directed. And I don't like recognize anything and there's not very many. So she's a fairly new director. I guess you can Mm. maybe chalk some Mm. of it up to that. She only has seven other credits for being a director. What a bold choice for being a new director. Yeah. I wonder if she felt like she really needed to come out strong with something but do you unique blame, and Do you different. blame the director for the the script writing? I don't know because it depends for, on for the, the lack production. of chemistry and the way that a lot of those scenes were portrayed. We used to question a lot, like who's really the blame? Is it the writers or yeah. is it the director? Because what watched, I know is it's a little bit that of Harry Potter one. Yeah, the Harry Potter 20th reunion. anniversary reunion where they interviewed a lot of the directors 
where the directors specifically talk about certain scenes and admit why they had them do things a certain way. And it's like, oh, it's the director to blame most of the (laughs) time. Why things are changed and done a certain way on on the fly. Because the director is viewing the scene and they're the ones saying like, no, I want you to do it this way. I want you to portray well, this emotion. Also, from, from what I know from my time working in production, the director generally has the final say on the script. Oh, absolutely. So even though the screenwriter is the one writing it, it has to be approved That's fair. by the director. So it is possible that the screenwriters made some of those changes, but the director was okay with that. So I can still prompt the director. <laughs> yeah. So I just, she's, she's who I blame most. It wasn't a I choice. It was a choice. Choices were made. Okay. Mistakes were made. The most, maybe the most obvious time that we already have an answer to this question. But the age old question is, was the book better? Uh, yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So much. Oh, so much better. I just can't even. I can't with this one. It's so bad. If you have not seen it, you do not need to watch it. Like, don't waste your time, especially if you have read the book. Maybe if you haven't read the book and you're not a huge Austin fan, maybe you can still. You enjoy might enjoy it, it. But like, I don't think so. Like, I really. Even without having read the book, the movie is not done well. Like it's like we've talked about. I think, if, I think if I didn't know who the characters were, what the objective or design of it all was, like I could probably walk into this blind and maybe appreciate it for what it was. But even like if you even knew, then even yeah like i don't know i feel I, like it was still just missing something because like it's been a while since i read the book and i've only read it the one time before we recorded with you guys and so i still i had to look some things up because i kind of forgot the the main story and so i was watching the movie and i was kind of confused at times because it wasn't fully making sense with just like a normal story would right and so i feel like without the context of the book it would be it hard just to seems like it was flow. it was like missing chunks it seemed almost rushed yeah yeah that's fair but it's very pretty <laughs> very, very pretty pre- indeed pretty. <laughs> it's very <Yeah>. pretty <laughs> pretty we can use that as a descriptor it's a pretty movie Otherwise, um, so there's our thoughts. There's all of our thoughts, lots of thoughts on Jane Austen's persuasion. If you haven't listened to our last episode, our last episode, our actual full length episode was Death on the Nile, Agatha Christie. So if you're a fan of uh, mystery stuff, um, we did a couple of Agatha Christie's books that have been made into movies. Um, We did a mini-sode last week talking about um, favorite Christmas movies to watch um next week's minisode we'll be doing our uh, some book recommendations and then our final full episode of the year our christmas episode we'll be talking about the polar express um so that's oh my so exciting going around and coming there by the time this episode's out you will not be able to give your thoughts to anything because 
everything will have already been recorded but but check them all out (laughs) um and we appreciate you listening um we always as always we appreciate we ship it joining us and yeah, yeah thanks for, for coming us. on and uh do you guys want to with us it was fun with us do you guys want to talk a little bit about maybe what you guys have had going on again as a as a, a general disclaimer this episode will come out early december <laughs> yes well um, you know what we're very like uh we're very unsure like on the time frame for these things so far but in the next couple of weeks you'll probably see our twilight we we have a few episodes of twilight that we're going to be putting out there and i'm really excited for it because i was one of those twilight like at the book premiere kind of people oh yeah so i can't wait to battle out the bella jacob bella edward (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so that's gonna be coming up for us i don't know Devin, if there's anything else you can think of but finishing up six of crows maybe Um, yeah i mean that'll be by the time this comes out this will uh be in the past but you guys can check out six of crows as well we dove we dove into those um three couples and our love for them and yeah we're probably gonna be in the middle of our um twilight saga series and we might even have a christmas episode out so (laughs) we'll see what we can do people (laughs) you're gonna talk about a hallmark couple no Uh, we should maybe the Lindsay lohan christmas movie oh yeah that one's coming out (laughs) oh good old Lindsay. Making a comeback, <laughs> <laughs> doing her best. Yeah. Um, um, if you don't follow, we ship it on social media. You definitely should. They're at we ship it podcasts on pretty much everything. I think. Um, we predominantly roll on Instagram. Instagram. So definitely check them out on Instagram, uh, so you can stay updated with their releases and check out their episodes because they're super fun and Thanks. I love them you're awesome yeah, it's Thank like you talking with friends about your <laughs> yeah. if you like, it's great um so definitely check them out but uh thanks again guys for joining us as we talked about this movie, happy movie. early happy yes. early congratulations to kaylee yes baby times <laughs> I will be very tired when everyone's actually listening to this. (laughs) Um, But in other news too, if you want to see my baby, I'll probably have shared a picture of my baby when this episode is out. But we appreciate all of you. Thanks for listening. Um, Again, if if you enjoy listening and you you like what we do, please leave a review or a rating. Um, It just helps us out. But otherwise, we hope that you have a great week. And don't forget to read.